We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Julius got open, so um, I hit him. He had him kind of sealed and he went baseline and um, they doubled him in the last second. And so um, it's kind of a difficult area for him to kind of get a shot for those two guys right there. So um, it was tough, but I mean, he was aggressive and um, he had five extra minutes to do something about it. So I'm not really too, I'm not gonna just be picky on that last, on that last play. I'm gonna read the next super chat. It's it's about, it's just a general RJ's 22. So uh, James Mikalonis, thank you for the contribution in the super chat. Uh, hey guys, RJ is 22 years old. Please remember that. Or remember that, please. I co-sign RJ's 22. I also think there are some very valid criticisms about his basketball game and his uh, his play. It's not awful. He's not unplayable. I think the talks about him moving to the bench are more of a pro-quickly take than, a, than an anti-RJ take. But uh, yes, he's 22 with room to get better, which is what you want. So, hi. Hi. Uh, RJ Barrett is 22 years old. <clears throat> I do remember that. And I'm very cognizant of that. And part of the reason I'm cognizant of that is the whole reason we're having conversations about the prospect of trading RJ Barrett is because he's 22 and he's not 26. Mm-hmm. Because if he was 22 and 26 and he was doing this shit, nobody would fucking want him. Nope. That's reality. Right Anytime. now, yeah. No, I was gonna say right now there is the allure of like, just give him more time. Just give him more time. And you know what? Maybe it's not allure. Maybe it's reality. To your point, but like, it is a discussion. It has to be a discussion for that reason. Anyway, uh, Red Sarachek. Obviously, Jules is still adjusting to not being the guy after years of being the guy. If Obi hits a clutch tree in the middle of the forest, does Tibbs hear it? Um. Yeah, the OB3 was big in the moment. Felt big. Um, you, you called it, did you call it a clutch tree in the forest? Tree? Three? I did, if I did, good that job was, by me. I didn't well done. Do yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, I'm looking at what some Jalen Brunson quotes. I'm, I'm reading it out of context. Uh, Jalen Brunson was asked about what happened on the final play tonight with Julius Randle taking the last shot. He had five extra minutes to do something about it. I'm not going to be picky on that last play. A, I don't know about that. It's interesting phrasing, I guess. Um, and then he said they kind of kicked our ass in the last five minutes. Mm. Dom Cappuccini, uh, they should still be a play-in team at least. I, 
what people thinking they're going to fall out of the play-in after this game? My goodness, should still um, should still be a play-in team. Should still be a play-in team. They should still be a play-in team. Oh, <laughs> guys. Oh, one more. Come end of the season. <clears throat> like, I I could see a world. I guess where Atlanta puts it together enough to drop New York down to eighth. Um, this might sound crazy because again, I, 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 they really, really, really are having a tough time stopping anybody with Mitchell Robinson. And there are still several games before the all-star break. And even when he comes back, it's not like their schedule is a picnic down the stretch. And it's not like this team, you're just going to roll the ball out there and they're going to win games against basically anyone. Cause they're, they don't have many of those real cupcakes left on the schedule. I, I don't think there's a scenario where they fall lower than eighth, a real, a real, Eighth, I could see. Lower than eighth? More than eighth. Because more than eighth would require someone really jumping up and one of these teams that is like just has not been functional this season, like the Wizards or the Bulls or the, or the Raptors or the Pacers, I guess. Trade deadline will have a lot to say about that. Sure. Know? Yeah. Because they, I wouldn't put it past Toronto putting it together, although they are now 50 plus games not having put it together. But they might also look very different on the other uh, side of the I was about same thing say. goes for Chicago who make that, that would then create two teams to eliminate. Although we will have an Orlando magic conversation in the not distant no, future. Um, but like, I'm not, I could see ninth the way the wizards are playing lately. Winners of six in a row. They're one game in the loss column behind the Knicks. And we're already looking at their next three games as a chore, you know, maybe. Okay. Ninth, Maybe I, I spoke too soon. Eleventh, I, I can't. Eleventh, not yet, at least. You know, Mitch would have to be lost for the season. But I also look. Speaking of the deadline, I also think the Knicks are going to improve their roster, and maybe a little too. two or three game losing streak might create some urgency. Hopefully, it's not an irresponsible trade that they make. But you know, we'll see what happens. Well, on the good news, uh, on the bright side, um, if they fall to eleventh. At least Bob Myers will be the president of basketball I was operations. Actually, about to say if if that's the the silver lining is we're back in the lottery and uh, hello he might, Bob Myers, you know he might be anyway. Uh, Fan ninety four Nick, what's going on? Can you please explain how you can review the goal ten when challengers were used up by the Lakers already? Um, that is a I trust that that is valid within the league rules. I yeah. that you that any goaltend is. Reviewable. So any goaltend is reviewable. Um, specifically that one, because usually what they'll do sometimes is with the shot clock and with a goaltend, they'll just like flag it and be like, hey, next stoppage of play, we'll go back and look at it. It's why sometimes you'll like go to a timeout with the score being one thing, and they come back on the other side of a timeout and they look at it. Um, chat's also saying that it might just be a last two minutes thing. I could have swore I've seen them. That might just be they they stop it, they stop time in the last two minutes and not do it on a on a stoppage. But I, I do know gold tens are are now reviewable, especially in a crucial spot like that. Dom, thank you again, Dom Cappuccino. Dang. Very generous. Dom. I appreciate it, man. I missed the game because of no TNT, but am I to understand Brunson saved the game with taking the charge to AD and doesn't even get rewarded with a final look at the other end? You are correct, man. But still a play-in team end of the year for sure. Yeah, it's maddening, 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 maddening into this game. No other way to say it. it was a terrible play at the end. It was just a bad decision all around. Bad Tibbs, bad 
bad Julius. A lot of bad. Yeah. HamDM, thank you for the generous contribution. Um, thank you, KFS, for being here after after games like these. Hashtag get well soon, Mitch. Hashtag IQ rocks. IQ does rock. Um, being here after games like this, I I don't know. We're gonna have to we could really come up with a pretty serious ranking, like a top ten ranking of games like this. <clears throat> Dallas will be number one for the end till the end of time. Oh, that hurt the most? No, just like and he, but he, so if I don't know what the that's the thing is I don't know what the criteria is. Is it post games that hurt the most? Post games that were mo- the most difficult to do, like worst losses, and you purposefully leave it vague like that. Like again, what is a worst loss? The first Dallas loss or the second Dallas loss? I think most people would say the second Dallas loss because of the the odds that that had never happens. But like, I remember the tenor. Of, I remember my mood after the first Dallas loss and what I was saying. I thought was in store and like my hope level for the overall picture. And like, that was its own level of bad. My point is this, it would be easy to come up with a top 10, if not a top 15 for losses this year. And it would be a really tough time to rank them. Um, which is to say, I don't think this makes my top five. Whatever newsletter, newsletter idea for after the season, God. Literally rank. Would that be? No, go one through however. Well, okay, I'll, I'll be optimistic. One through fifty-three in ranking the Knicks wins, and then eh. you know they have to go uh, twenty-six and two. The rest, no, twenty-six and four. The rest of the season to win fifty-three games. By the way, ooh, not not banking on that. Forgotten NYC. Sorry for the excessive Randall hate. I just think I hold a grudge over him being the consolation prize in 2019 and not getting KD and Kyrie. Still? Oh wow. Oh, we gotta we gotta dissect that. Forgotten NYC. I'll I'll, mean, let, I'll give you my therapist phone number. <laughs> we gotta move on. Multiple things have happened since then, including I, things by things by said stars they didn't get. You know. I think it's actually pretty cool. I think it's really cool that the consolation prize again, now, man, coaches votes were due last night. Yeah. Probably. They got, uh, they got sent in Sunday night, Sunday night. Yeah. Um, we could be talking about a two time all-star as the consolation prize on the day that he was signed. I don't think anybody would have said two, two all-star games. And even if he misses it this year, he'll be the last guy left off a lot of ballots. Like he's had two really strong years here. Um, and I get nobody wants to hear that tonight, but there's also a world he misses it and then is an injury repl- replacement anyway. You know, when inevitably somebody gets hurt and oh, guess what? Julius Randle didn't make the all star yeah. team. Or Jalen Brunson. Yeah. Danny Gardner, uh, genuinely curious what a lineup of Brunson, IQ, Grimes, RJ, and a center would look like to close games. I think Randall is what kills them down the stretch. I mean, the numbers are what the numbers are. I read them before. Randall's terrible in clutch time. He's been terrible. He's hit, he's hit some big shots. You know, he's hit some. A lot more misses. A lot of turnovers. Um, I, like... It's yeah. Again, it's like that would be so easy to get behind if you got 
more because the fact that I'm sitting here and in my head, I'm like, man, that's a defensive downgrade. The fact that I, I don't know if that's true. We just talked about how Randall is. If you put him in actions, like odds are bad things are going to happen for your for your team and good things are going to happen for the other team. And yet I could sit here and be like, is that a real what the defensive downgrade? Is that significant? I shouldn't be having those conversations with the other players, R.J. Barrett. I shouldn't be. Yeah, and it's not. Unf- I don't think it's unfair conversation to have. That's the issue. But the chat's now putting things they're still bitter about, and like this, I'll just put letting Bernard King walk still bitter. Oh man, yeah. Now we're going down that road. So, okay. Uh, Ewing getting suspended for game six still bitter. That's fine. That's. What am I still bitter? Like. Bitter about like a game, but just in general, like well, that wasn't a game. That was a commissioner decision. Shout out David Stern. I'm, I'm, mine is that Starks didn't pass the Ewing on the final play. Oh, there you go. Uh, Soul Squad, uh, bad Randall against team with superstars. RJ stunk and then came alive in the fourth and then was benched. This is a take. No accountability for Randall. Obi doesn't deserve this. Uh, I agree. Obi doesn't deserve this. I don't know that I'm saying RJ came alive. Uh, he had a couple of nice baskets. He did. Um, but I, I don't agree that he should have been on the floor ahead of quickly or Grimes. You want to tell me this was the, this was the night to put RJ on the floor ahead of Julius Randle? You want to talk about problems in your locker room? Man. Yeah. Yeah. You think... I know we got to finish up the Super Chats, but you think this becomes... A thing, RJ, not talking to the media. Oh, it, it, it's a thing. This is now officially a thing. So this is what we're talking talk about. This is this is a guy who the team has tried it out there, time and time and time and time again. This is part of why they love him because he's good with the media. That's a big reason they love him. Speaking of therapy, Benji apparently was uh, still frustrated by the last play of the game. He just put out a Knicks film thread, so everybody. Uh, I'm going to put it in the chat for those of you watching live. Please go watch this. Um, courtesy of Benji Ritholtz, ladies and gentlemen. This yeah. really my life. That's a great name. I'm going to jump off, by the way. Okay. Say whatever the truth is. We drafted RJ and immediately handled the keys to Randall and Morris and then Alfred and Randall. No other top three pick has not been given the keys from the jump. Um, I don't know about that. There's certainly we could go back through. Like even recent NBA history and find some top picks that haven't been given the keys. Um, I mean, Evan Mobley guys, a generational talent potentially. And he is currently fourth in usage on his team. A lot fucking better player than RJ Barrett, you know? Um, Like that's just one example. I'm sure there are others. And also, like, he's had opportunities. You know, he's had year one was a disaster. They put him into the worst possible situation. Year two, I thought was like a really, really nice balancing act where it was like, we're going to make sure you get your half dozen or so possessions every game or shots every game where it's like, it's your possession. You're running. Like we always used to joke about how the first play in the second half, like you write it down. Like it was like clockwork. It's going to be a RJ, you know, pistol action or whatever. Get him going downhill. He's going to shoot the shot. Missed a lot of those shots, but they always gave it to him. They always maintained 
giving him a slice of the offense, a real slice of the offense, even in year two, even when it was very clear that he was better, more helpful to them as an off-ball player because he was lights out on spot of threes. Um, and then last year, like, you know, he got, he was one of the highest usage guys in the league for the last, whatever it was, 40 some odd games of the season. <clears throat> you want to tell me they should have handed over the keys quicker? Okay. Um, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it would be better. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Mike Jameson, obviously we need RJ to be better, but why are his bad games reacted with we need to trade him? 22 years old with room to grow, and I hope he does. Yeah, I don't... 
first of all, he's had a lot of bad games over four years, and most of those only until recently is there like we have to trade RJ Barrett. I think it's for a couple reasons. Um, for one, I mean, he's, he's been here for a while, and eventually, if you uh, what's the Batman line, Andrew? If you're the hero for long enough, you'll you either die a hero there. or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. You want to talk about a uh, perfect quote for the Donovan Mitchell trade? Oh, if he had been traded for Donovan Mitchell, he would have died the hero. Um, or you live long enough, long enough to become the villain. I think it is twofold. Um, uh, in addition to just him being here for a while, and some people maybe getting a little impatient. One. Threefold. One, he wasn't traded for Donovan Mitchell, and Donovan Mitchell is doing some nice things in Cleveland. Uh, two, in acknowledgement that like it's not going to work between him and Randall, and people are just coming to the the reality, the conclusion, whatever that like at some point you're going to need to move one of these two players, and obviously there's going to be a lot of people who want to move Randall. Obviously, there's going to be some people that want to move RJ, and like valuation and the whole thing factors into all that. Um, and number three, this OG thing now has been put out there and like OG and an OB, <clears throat> like, look at what he is. He is a dynamite defender as, as you know, Fred Sung has praised beautifully on the pod today. Uh, amazing defender, versatile defender. Can he like one of those few guys who you could legitimately, if he needs to cover your point guard for, for one possession and then cover Joel Embiid on the next possession, he could, he could do it. With a straight face. And then on the other end, I know he's a little bit down on th- from three this year, but he's a pretty good track record of being a nice spot of shooter on three. And he's gotten better and better and better with creation every year. Not great with creation. He's not a guy who's going to change your life on offense. He's got a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. So like all of those sorts of things, if you envision that sort of player as your number three, now, even if it's next to Brunson and Randall, it makes a lot of sense. Whereas right now, RJ Barrett being the number three as a guy who struggles defensively and f- seems like he needs more on ball reps that he's getting and he's not good enough in the off balls with the off ball stuff. It's like, I think all of that factors in, you know, it's the best thing, best I could do. Danny Gardner, what's going on again, Danny? Thank you for all the generous contributions, by the way. This regime's inability to do the correct thing instead of the easy thing, for the most part, is what will ultimately be their undoing. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting one. We could sit here and we could talk about that. We could have a podcast about that statement. Um, I think... I don't necessarily know that I would say they've always done the easy thing. I certainly agree they have not always done the correct thing. I think it's a regime that was, and again, I don't, I hate repeating talking points I've made in days, weeks, months, years past, but it's a regime that was hired by an owner who. Again, we talked about this, but he came out and said it. He said it. He said the quiet part out loud in his interviews last week. People are having a fun time at the garden. <laughs> you know, team's fun. People are having a good time. 
teams are gonna make the playoffs, like getting better. This is like he wants he wants it to be a fun atmosphere. That's what he cares about. He wanted wins. You know, and when you're given a directive to be like, hey, I want my team to be fun. I want them to win some games. I want them to make the playoffs and all that kind of shit. Like, if that's your guiding light, your actions are going to be guided by that guiding light. That's why they hired Tom Thibodeau. Man does all kinds of manning shit, but it's going to win you some games, <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah, I don't. And I actually think, like, again, it would have been so easy to just cave on on Donovan Mitchell. And while there, while there is certainly a part of me that will always believe if Utah called him up one more time and said, here's the offer from Cleveland, one last chance to beat it. Otherwise, we're taking that offer. I think they would have beat it. And I think Donovan Mitchell would be a Nick. But they tried to play hardball. And, like, I've criticized them a lot for those negotiations. In this specific context with what you're bringing up, I think you could give them credit for playing hardball, you know, because that, I mean, that would have been real easy. I mean, because it's Donald Mitchell. Forgotten NYC, random. What do you think uh, eventually gets the front office fired? Um, Bob Myers availability. I think Bob Myers, I think that article that came out in The Athletic last week, Mentioning New York. Um, don't think that was in passing. And I think if a GM or a lead executive of that caliber, you know, four titles under his belt becomes available, I think you listen and I think, well, you are not going to fire a front office that, you know, has done a good job. I do think maybe it makes you reevaluate what is a good job. And if, again, the Knicks this year, like, they're like, Dolan is going to want to continue to see certain boxes checked. This year, that box is playoffs. Then there's another box this summer. How are you getting materially better this summer before next season? That's a box. And then if they make it to next season, then it's okay. Now you're going to win a playoff series, right? That's the next step. If any of those boxes don't get checked, they're gone. The tough part, the tricky part is if in attempting to check those boxes, this front office makes this situation materially less appealing to the prospect of the possible person who's going to take their job to the point that the person who might want to take their job and might otherwise look at the Knicks as an appealing job was like, Ooh, I like that job a lot better when they had all their first round picks, but now they don't because they traded them all for fuck knows what that's, that's, that's the concern. Fargo Tufo, what's going on, Alex? Whatever. In two weeks, we will have two all-stars and a rising star. Chill out, people. Baby steps. Good night from the land of enchantment. I appreciate the positivity, Alex. Thank you. Needed that one. Haitian Ferg, what's going on, Haitian? Both RJ and OB have squandered their chances to make the Randall to make Randall expendable. Um, again, I look, I I always push back 
on or I on the RJ love and the Obi love. I, I think it, it really is. The truth is in the gray area. Like have they missed opportunities? Sure. But these are young players. They are not perfect players. They are not star players. And it is always a mix. It is always a little bit on the player and it is always a little bit on the situation. Now, if it's 60, 40, 70, 30, one way or the other, but like, it's not just that they've squandered opportunities. Yes, they've had opportunities. Have they made most of those opportunities always? No, but there's, there's more going on here too. Um, anyway, Grimes and IQ are developing very well on both sides. The, the, um, front office has too many redundant pieces. They are hindering lineup balance. Yeah, I think Grimes and quickly, like all the credit in the world to them, I think you can argue their situations respectively, Grimes and quickly, were easier to deal with. Now, you could also look at quickly in particular, a guy who has to play with every freaking lineup, just very little continuity in terms of like who he gets to play with and who he gets to develop chemistry with. You could argue that quickly actually has the toughest of those situations. I don't know if I believe that. Um, I would still say Obi has it tough. By far the toughest. Um, and I'd go Obi, quickly, RJ, Grimes in that order. Because for Obi to come off of being like one of the highest usage guys in the country with a team that played him a very certain way, to go to this situation and to have to adjust his game to become a player that he was not anywhere near that type of player when they drafted him. That's just, I mean, that's asking a lot, you know, it's asking a lot. Danny Gardner. Danny, you're on fire tonight. Thank you, man. <clears throat> I love Bay as a cheaper, smarter alternative to OG Ananobi. I have to give up less. It's a good buy low candidate. I think Tibbs could work wonders. Um, VA connection um, with JB. Um, so Villanova connection. Yes. With, with Jalen Brunson. Um, I like Bay. If he's a buy low candidate, I like him. There's a really good offensive player in there. Um, not a great situation the last couple of years. Brought in a lot of guys that want the ball. Um, he's one of those guys that wants the ball. Uh, he was a better passer last year. That dude, again, I think I looked it up. I think he averaged 3.1 assists for 36 minutes last year, and this year has gone way down. Um, he's not, obviously, the defender that OG is. And for that reason, he's like a bench piece. Is he a good bench piece? Is he a bench piece you could win with? Or is he a bench piece that's going to flame out of the league in four, five, six years? I don't know. I it, it would depend on the cost. And it might also depend on Obi Toppin. Because like, I, I, I don't know that it makes all the sense in the world to have both of those guys. Maybe it does. Maybe you just play Bay as a straight backup four or straight backup three. Um, you could do that, I guess. I guess you could do that. We'll see. Red Sarachek with another one. Ever since the proposed iHeart for a primetime cable uh, car for a primetime carbone res reservation uh, trade, he's made me eat my words. He has played very well. He was good again tonight. It certainly, I think, after Brunson and quickly, probably going to get my third start tonight. Um, Quentin Grimes will hit those threes in round one and seventh annual seventh Avenue will get shut down. I love your positivity, red. Thank you. 
Ed Powell, what's going on, Ed? Thank you for the generous contribution. The hate for RJ is wild. Currently, the third guy in an offense where Brunson and Randall don't really move the ball. After the half, he hit three consecutive shots, including from the mid-range, comes out, and he never comes back in. Again, I, 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 I think we're talking about two different things. Tonight, I do not think he was one of the players that should have been on the floor to end the game. Now, even having said that, in retrospect, could I be wrong? Absolutely. Randall was terrible. Grimes didn't hit any threes. Quickly did hit the one shot in the first quarter or in the beginning of overtime. Um, do I think he would have cost you defensively, RJ, if you had to take one of Quickly or Grimes or, yes, actually, Randall off the floor? I think he might have hurt you. Um, I can't sit here and say definitively that it was the right move. It might have been the wrong move. I didn't have an issue with it in the moment. To your larger point, that he's the third guy in an offense where your top two guys don't move the ball. Again, that's an oversimplification. Randall and Brunson do at times move the ball. It is not the sort of free-flowing offense where your third guy is going to be a natural, like it's going to be easy for him, especially when it's a guy like RJ Barrett which is, again, I, I pushed back before on the person that said he's never gotten any chances here. He has gotten chances. He has. But this it, it, it is still a difficult situation for him, and a lot is still being asked of him. I think a lot of things can be true here. So good, good job by you pointing that out. Thank you, Ed. And Ed Paolo with another one. Thank you again. I love Grimes and IQ, but neither was flawless in the second half uh, to warrant RJ benching and no need to put RJ up against quickly and Grimes. Happy to have them all. Yeah. Again, I is there a world where the team can go forward with all of these players, those three that you mentioned, RJ, quickly and Grimes? Yes, absolutely. I think you could argue it's the best option. So then what are you doing with Randall? I, <sighs> I just don't see how this team goes forward with all of these, with all of with those two guys in particular, those two. That's my issue. Um, Kevin Danishevsky, I will be the guy to defend the last play. Oh my God, Kevin, talk about taking slings and arrows. Whew. After the playback, you're doing this. Randall got to the hoop, and it actually worked out for a second. If he had, if he has. A second more, he probably gets the foul call. Well, one, you didn't have a second more. And two, and this was my point, I think, during the playback, which is like, I I had an issue with the play because, I again, I thought Randall got a nice first step. I had an issue with, instead of when he got under the basket, he went into a turnaround and didn't didn't get the shot off. I thought there was a moment, not saying it was the right play, not saying the ball should have been in his hands, not saying any of those things. But if we're just looking at what ended up happening on the play and we're diagnosing the, the play that unfolded, I thought if he went straight up, there was Davis was in the air. I, have, I haven't rewatched the play, actually, so I don't know for sure. But I think there was a moment where he could have caught De De Davis and got drawn a foul. Which I guess is what you're implying. MR and K, RJ and picks for Toronto for OG. JR and picks to Phoenix for McCal. Yeah, but then you're, what are you? You're Brunson and a bunch of wings, bunch, bunch of role playing wings, glorified role playing wings. It's probably a fun as hell team, but 
it's not a team that's going to win anything. Thanks, MRNK. Andrew R. L. Chan. What's going on, Andrew? Regarding RJ during the draft, his main issue was he had no wiggle. RJ still has no wiggle. Without a consistent J or effort on defense, he isn't worth his contract. Um, I hear the wiggle point. I think his wiggle has gotten... I can't we're talking about wiggle. Uh, I think it's gotten better. Look, he gets to the rim. His shots at the rim are better. His shots at the rim, I think, have gotten progressively better over the years. I think his decision-making on shots at the rim has gotten progressively better over the four years. Not by as much as we would have liked. Not as not as linear a progression as we would have liked. Still doesn't pass enough on those rim reads. But that is still something that when it is going, when he has it going, it he can be a bear to deal with for defense because you, you there's usually a smaller guy on him defensively is where and i don't know if it's an effort thing i i don't i don't know what it is but defensively is i think where you're maybe a little bit more concerned fan 94 nick what do we do with the rj contract now this sucks again i think it's a perfectly fine contract not a great contract, not a terrible contract. It's about what are they? It's about how they want to build this team. Contract didn't become bad because he sat the last whatever it was eleven minutes of the game. And Johnny Chiba, boneheaded loss. Give RJ Julius Randall's usage. Hashtag free OB, not OG. Appreciate that, Johnny. And that is it. Okay. Ta-da! Anything else before we leave? I could commend Kevin for trying, but listen, the, the play call cannot be try to get a foul call on Anthony Davis. I, we can all just collectively be like, that was a bad play. I think Benji kind of nailed it in his uh, clip that everybody should be watching. And um, it's bad play call, bad execution. I agree. That can't be the play call, but after it was the after it was what the play turned into, mm-hmm. I think it is fair to point out that there was a moment where maybe the play could have gone better. He, could he have hit the fadeaway like and got yeah. it up with the second left? Like could he have just thrown up a shot with a double team and it have gone in and be like, oh wow, Good, like it went in? Like that's not just playing the result. The process I can't agree with whatsoever. You know, completely agree. Yeah, which I think that's where we should we should end it. <clears throat> um. Okay, that works. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate it. Tonight wasn't hard. Appreciate all the generosity on a very annoying night. Um, and hopefully there are fewer annoying nights moving forward. Uh, don't forget, remember to like this video. If you're watching right now, press the like button on your YouTube thing. Uh, and subscribe. <laughs> Page, app, I don't know. Subscribe to the channel, uh, and we will see you after the next game. Yay. Yeah, see you on our YouTube things on on Thursday night, folks. Love you, John.